Welcome to the Hospitality Cash Flow Podcast, where you'll learn how to leverage short-term accommodations using multifamily and residential properties. With over 35 years in hospitality, real estate, technology, and sales and marketing experience, our hosts, Matt Anisis and Noble Crawford, along with an expert panel of guests, invite you to listen in as they share their knowledge, best practices, tools, and resources to help you maximize cash flow using real estate for hospitality. Let's switch gears for a second, Matt. Let's talk about, um, you know, I know some folks may be interested, you know, they may want may want to know like what is the current market look like for this short-term rental space and, and, and what are some things driving this, this current market and so you know with that like i like i said initially the airbnb is just another player in this whole sharing economy era and i think one of the unique things is that as of late there have been a number of institutional players that have cropped up or that have grown, I should say, as a result of uh, private investment money and, 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 and venture capitalist funding. And so uh, there are those. And then there are also, of course, independent operators that are, you know, maybe would be considered like mom and pops, maybe they mom and pop operations where maybe they have their their own resident or they have a, a secondary resident that they're using on the platforms and or they have partners and then right? or they have I'm partners whether buying properties together Absolutely. or the splitting revenues or you know partnering with multifamily people and and taking some of the units right Absolutely so there's a, so there's a number of um you know, there's a number of different players in the space, but I, one of the unique things I think is that in in this whole sharing economy era that we're living in currently is the the growth of models like Airbnb, like Uber, that sort of thing. And so I frequently I get asked a lot, um, do you think that do you do you think that the that it's getting saturated, you know? Like, are you worried about that? Are you concerned about that? And so, so there's a couple of things with that because, it, you know, it would be, I would be remiss if I didn't at least acknowledge the fact that the space is getting uh, busier and busier, seems like by the day. And uh, there are markets that have an abundance of certain types of, of, uh, of properties, but I, I don't believe that at this point in time we've hit uh saturation now do i believe it's coming i i do um but i don't think we're there yet and i think that one of the unique things about the short-term rental space is that there's so much that you can do to stand out in the space even if you're in a saturated market so i'll give you an example so Dallas it would be by by many considered uh, a saturated market. And but that saturation is predominantly with one bedroom, maybe studios, that that size of property. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the larger properties, you know, your your two, certainly your three bedroom, those those size of properties there's far less of those in the market. 
And so one could argue that, well, Dallas is saturated, but you have to look at this certain segment of properties, you know, versus a different segment of properties where that's not necessarily the case. And so for, for folks that are interested in this in this business model, you know, whether you whether you're interested in doing it independently or whether you're interested in partnering with a multifamily uh, investor, you can look at those types of things. You can look at the specific market and you can look at what what size properties are. Is there an overabundance in in, in that specific market? And then, you know, if you say, hey, well, there's space available, there's room for me to build a brand or a name for myself with this size of property, then you can you can still participate in the growth of this 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 space by leveraging that information or that knowledge. And so I, I think that's important just um, for people that are on the fence or wondering, is it too late for me to get in? Absolutely not. I think there's a ton of growth left. I think there is a lot of opportunity available for, you know, again, uh, operators for the multifamily folks. I, I think you just have to know how to, you, you have to do your homework and then you have to know how to position yourself well within that uh, geographic area. And so that that's that's a a little market tidbit that I, I think will be useful for some. I would listeners. love to know what what um, capital is being used. You mentioned some institutional money. Do you, do you know who, who that may be or who they are? Sure. So I can give you a couple of examples. Um, I know that uh, there's there's some big players in the space. And so probably the biggest that I'm aware of to date is a company called uh, Sonder, S-O-N-D-E-R. And uh, Sonder has had, I believe, a number of rounds of investment capital poured into it. And I want to say it's just north of a billion dollars. Okay. Oh, and wow. And this company isn't, Right. So and obviously this company started post Airbnb, so they're not they're not super old, um, but they've had a number of rounds of, 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 of funding. And I believe the latest, the most recent one that took them over a billion was a, a two hundred twenty five million dollar round that happened uh, earlier this year. Wow. And so they operate, though. I want to say eight to nine thousand properties or doors, I I guess you would say, in a number of cities around the world. So so that's an example of a a company that would be considered like, you know, has had a significant amount of growth, you know, over the last few years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So and there's some other players. There's um. There's a company called Lyric. There's a company called Stay Alfred. Um, so there's there and there's some others, but uh, just to you know, just to give the listeners an, an idea, I think that you know those those types of companies are. Um, I think they're great for the for the industry as a whole because. You know, they 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 the proof of concept is is already been completed, right? It's already been done. Wow. You know, 
And uh, and so from that aspect, I think that those companies have kind of led the way in, uh, in improving the, the business model. Uh, some people refer to it as rental arbitrage, basically a master lease concept. So for uh, an operator like myself that would partner with a multifamily developer and investor, you know, we would lease X number of units and and then we uh, outfit those units to provide them to our guests based on a nightly rate. And so that's that's called rental arbitrage or, or, or master leasing, as some call it. Um, there's a little bit of an, uh, an argument about the, the legality of calling it a master lease, but essentially, I mean, everyone understands that term. So, so yeah, so I think, um, you know, but does that answer your question though? Yep. Absolutely. So, you know, another thing too, um, that, that I get asked quite a bit about are, municipal regulations in city ordinances right so that that's a huge i, w- I want to just go ahead and address that now because i know a lot of people have questions about that i see in a lot of the forums people ask you know well can i can i can i operate in this city or it's banned in my city or you know even you know even multifamily guys you know who who may have an interest in it you know they want to know that it can be you know, that they can bring in an STR operator and everything's above board. It's legal. It's, you know, allowed by the, the municipality, that sort of thing. So let me just address that real quick. So there are a couple of things that are happening in the space that have been happening over the last uh, few years between the, the Airbnbs of, of the world and the hotel industry. Right. And so, as you could imagine, uh, there are players in the hotel industry that that believe that the Airbnbs of the world are costing them money. Basically, they're losing revenue to to these Airbnb properties who are growing at an astronomical rate. And so, what we found is that there are some cities around the country and I'm speaking, you know, regarding the United States here, but it certainly applies globally in some areas. There are some cities around the country that have, that the hotel industry and the hotel lobbyists have heavily leaned on the, the, the city council people in those specific areas. And they have pressured them to either outright ban or heavily restrict or restrict in some form or fashion short-term rentals because they see it as competition. They see it as, uh, you know, they see it as, you know, loss of revenue, potentially that sort of thing. And what's ironic is that there are major hotel chains that now offer hotel, uh, offer short-term rentals. So I I find that to be, (laughs) I find that to be uh, ironic and funny at the same time that uh, these same, uh, hotels that have the hotel lobbyists, uh, you know, going going to, going to the cities on their behalf have have now started offering short short term rentals. So, but but that's a topic for another podcast. But um, so that's something that's going on, and I and 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 so here's my thought on that. So, I believe that there is enough room 
in the majority of markets for both short-term rental operators and hotels to exist and coexist, right? So I'll give you an example. So one of the cities that we operate in is Arlington, Texas. And so Arlington, Texas is considered an entertainment destination for the most part. And I would say that because there, the Dallas Cowboys stadium is there. The Texas Rangers ballpark is there. You have a six flags, you know, entertainment area there. You have a, a huge water park there. Uh, you have a new esports facility there. So there are a number of uh, entertainment destination locations within the city. However, the number of available hotels is 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 ridiculous, really. I mean, there there really is not enough hotel space citywide to accommodate these large groups of people coming in. Sometimes I'm top, on top of each other. I've, I've seen instances where there's a a football game and a baseball game scheduled the same weekend. Wow. Right. And so That's a lot of people at once. <laughs> it is. It, it is. And, and what's interesting is that these people are going to the nearest major cities. So Arlington is between Dallas and Fort Worth. And you have people traveling 20 to 30 minutes in either direction going to Dallas and Fort Worth and surrounding cities because there's not enough hotel space in Arlington. And so short term rental operators help fill the gap there. And then when you have a short term rental operators operating in a city like Arlington, that allows the 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 destination traveler to stay locally in the city and spend local dollars within that city instead of staying outside of the city and spending their money, you know, near and around where they're staying instead of staying in the city and they're spending their dollars there. So there's there's an impact there. Not to mention, you know, short term rental operators have to pay hotel occupancy tax just like a hotel does. You know, so there's there's opportunity there for the city. And so, you know, back to my example. So 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 Arlington initiated a ban, a pretty restrictive ban, I would say, uh, recently that affected quite a few short-term rental operators and it, it's 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 kind of hard to understand they were getting pressured by the the hotel industry the hotel lobbyists but there's there's a, there was a lot of revenue being generated by those folks that were able to come stay inside the city limits because of those short-term rental operators who catered to those guests because all of the available hotel space was sold out wow <laughs> Right. So that whole issue with with regulation, I, I, I what I suggest with anyone, one, what, one of the things that we do in our short term rental business is before we go into a new market, we do our homework on that market. We find out if there's any regulation, existing regulation. What is it? How restrictive is it? You know, how how can we still operate effectively and, you know, and play within the rules of the you know, of the regulation, you know, because we we don't want to. And we certainly suggest for every host or potential host not to operate illegally. You know, you want to operate ethically. You want to operate, you know, uh, above board. And so just find out what those regulations are, what those ordinances are and find out if you can operate effectively inside of the, the inside of the guidelines. And so 
you know, if you can, uh, then there's certainly opportunity there. And if you can't, there's there's always going to be surrounding areas um, that you could, you know, that you can operate in. And so for any any multifamily investor, developer who has an interest on, on any level of this business model, then then they themselves need to, to, to learn what those rules and regulations are or they need to partner with a company like ours to to ask those questions and to find out, Hey, you know, is this something that we could do potentially? Absolutely. And, and that's something that, you know, I think for the operators too, to understand I mean, multifamily operators, um, you know, this is a value that you could get for people like, like yourself and um, you know, operators out there where they're bringing the value. They, that's their day-to-day business. So they can shorten that curve. They give you the clip notes and, you know, give you as much information as you want, but you know, like I think you and I were discussing earlier, you know, we've done, we're working on these ourselves, but, you know, you mentioned just some of the things that you do day to day, some of the groups you're a part of. And, you know, I was just like, I thought about that just in a millisecond. I was like, that's a lot of information that you're, you know, obviously learning that, that I'm missing out on. And you know, luckily with the right partnership, you know, you're shorting that curve for me and educating me and, and so much. So it's just a really unique space and such a, a cool opportunity for, for both. And, you know, there's like anything always going to be those challenges and different things that are happening within city and so forth. So yeah, no, well, thanks for, for sharing that great information. It's uh super valuable and, you know, it's just, it's incredible to, to know that there's people that are, you know, making an impact for people traveling from out of state or, you know, looking to enjoy themselves. And, you know, you know, now they're kind of going through those business those business pains, we should say. And and just to give the listeners a little bit of context, Matt and I were were chatting in the pre-show a little bit, and I was just sharing with him that, you know, prior to us connecting, you know, because I've been operating in the space, that you know we're we're part of a number of different uh, a number of communities where operators and you know STR management companies and and short term rental hosts. Uh, you know, talk and discuss issues and discuss best practices and things like that. And so we're heavily involved in, 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 in this space as well as, you know, as well as trainings. And so, you know, we, I, we, we certainly can't take credit. I can't take credit for, you know, all the knowledge that I have. You know, I, I learned that from other people. You know, a lot of it we learn just by being in the business and doing it and going through the hard knocks. But on the front end, you know, we were involved in being mentored and trained by other people. And, and so we're very familiar with people in the space that uh, host trainings, they have trainings, they have online content. There's a lot of free content out there, you know, for people that may be interested. And we may, we'll drop some links maybe in the show notes of, of, of some of these folks, um, because I'm certainly not, I'm certainly not, uh, I, I don't object to, you know, sharing other people's content. I think it's valuable, but you know, we, we ourselves, we learned from other people initially. Um, and then when we got started, we just learned by going through, you know, a lot of the trials and tribulations to, to get to where we're at, we're at now. And so, and so when Matt and I connected, you know, he brought a level of expertise from the multifamily and property management space that was of grave interest to me and, and it taught me a ton. And then I think I believe as well, I brought some some value from the short term rental space um, that has 
that's created a synergy that we we have now where we partner on some some things. So 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 that's just a little bit of the backstory and uh, and I, and I think for 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 folks who are listening, you know, whether you're listening to our podcast or you take advantage of some of the other information out there, there's a ton of information out there. You know, we just we just want to speak from sh- and share from our perspective and and some of the things that we've learned um, over the last couple of years. Love it. Love it. Yeah. That's, you know, I'll tell you guys, if you guys are listening and you guys are on the multifamily space, um, it's just so amazing to know the the systems and the processes that are in place to you know, literally add value and, you know, bring a whole nother uh, difference to your property. Um, and it's just a really unique thing. So I appreciate that, Noble. Noble and I are actually going to talk about an, an actual um, property that we recently found and that we're working with and that we, you know, have a property together up in the city of McKinney. Um, but just want to walk you guys through it, you know, coming from multifamily side, having background in uh, property management, I know a lot of the ins and outs of, you know, the type of client they're looking for, the type of value that they're looking for their community when it comes to corporate housing um, and kind of knowing some of the things that um, some property owners may not um, you know, understand so much in the short-term space. So we we found a deal, we found a property, and luckily this um, property manager um, had a has a really good relationship with the the owners and or you know whoever the higher executives are to make decisions rather quickly. Um, she managed two different communities, and long story short, um, we ended up getting a property with her. And they have properties, you know, throughout Texas and I believe other parts of the United States. But the the moral of this story I wanted to share with you guys is the process of understanding the value you're going to bring um, to a community. And so when I when I was just getting in and kind of learning the the words and the language and even from having a background, still working through and having information on the STR, um, Noble came in handy and, you know, I want to, you know, pass it over to Noble and just kind of maybe if he remembers some of the the process and the step he walked me through because he, he, you know, he led me in in the certain area in terms of understanding the information, but he really um, knew what they were going to say. Like he knew the process from A to Z, you know, the responses of the certain addendums we have. Uh, and so, Noble, tell me a little bit, what, what was that like on your end, um, you know, getting another property and kind of going through um, and, you know, me giving you calls and so forth. What was it like for you just from your perspective of getting prepared for another property? Got it. Got it. So let me just back up real quick and say that while we, our preference when we're going to look to acquire more inventory is to work at the property ownership level, we still have relationships with property management, property management companies. There are some awesome property management companies out there. And so, you know, I wanted to clarify that because one of the things that, that we preach and that we, we, we help others with is to develop relationships with the property owners because usually that's the level where the, the final decisions are made. And so in a, in a perfect scenario, you would be developing a relationship at that level with the decision maker. And 
and it, it's just better all around. But with that said, there are some awesome property management companies out there. And like Matt, uh, like you just mentioned, Matt, this particular one worked great and was a liaison between us and, and the ownership. And so that was a, a win-win. But just to answer your question, there's a, there's a few things that when you're going into a new property that we've noticed that we'll typically run into. And, and then I'll just share how we address those, those challenges when we run into them. So first and foremost, one of the key criteria when you're looking for a property, you want to find out if that property allows corporate housing or if they have an allotment of corporate housing. And so one of the ways to find out one, if they even allow it or if they're even aware of, of the corporate housing model or even the short-term rental model is to, is to ask the question to the property management or to the ownership to find out if they're at their cap for corporate housing. And so what you'll find at many places that do or are that, that do run that model or are familiar with it, they have a certain percentage of units in a multifamily community that they will allocate to corporate housing. Okay. And so again, just to be clear, corporate housing is like a subset because it's typically 30 days plus. So it's a little bit more common, but we want, we want to find out if they're even aware that that, 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 that is a thing, you know, that, that is, does exist. And if they are, do they utilize it and do they allow it? And if so, what's their occupancy rate for the corporate housing uh, percentage that they allow. And so once we, once we ask the question initially up front, have you met your cap or are you at your cap for corporate housing? You can typically find out pretty quickly if they know what you're talking about and, uh, and, and whether that's something, a practice that they, that they are familiar with at that specific property. And if they don't know what you're talking about as you can attest, Matt, you probably get the deer in the headlights look or (laughs) you may, you may, or they may just ask you like, what is that? Yep. Um, and, and so, but if they do know exactly what you're talking about and they are familiar with it and they have operated that business model at their properties, then they'll answer the question pretty quickly. Yep. And they'll say, you know, yes, we've met our max or no, we're at this percentage or we have X number left available or whatever the case is. Okay, so that's how we establish on the front end. If anything less than a traditional 12 month lease is doable at this specific location. Okay, so once we've found that out, let's just say that they do allow corporate housing. You know, then we want to. Then we want to find out if they allow stays of less than 30 days. Okay. So there's a number of ways we do that, but just, you know, for the sake of time, you know, that's the next thing that the next challenge that comes up is that they, they may say they do not. So if they say they do not, then that's typically because they're not familiar with the business model or they are familiar with the business model. They've made an association that 
you're asking me if you're you you you're, they've made an association that you're an Airbnb business, quote unquote, and that they don't allow that. Okay, so those are typically the things on the front end that we'll run into, and so I think it's important to point out that if you're a professional short-term rental company, whether you're a management company, whether you're an operator, whatever the case may be, if you're a professional short-term rental company, you are not an Airbnb company. Okay. And so again, Airbnb is the brand. Airbnb is the platform. Airbnb is the marketing channel. And so, so, but Airbnb is not your company, you know, and and so that's 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 clear for the person who's going to have the conversation with the property management or the owner to understand, because the last thing that they want to hear and correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, because you, you kind of, you know, work at this level. But the last thing you want to hear is, you know, I'm going to uh, have a bunch of Airbnb people staying in in the place that I rent from you. Right. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, so, so that's one of the challenges that we're met with. And so I, you know, I kind of helped Matt, um, overcome that, that challenge with the, with the property management and ultimately with the owner. Okay. So then another thing that you may find that's challenging is the lease contract itself, because the lease contract can be restrictive if you're signing a typical standard, uh, apartment lease, there could be some language in the lease that is restrictive that doesn't, does not allow you to operate your business model basically at that location. And so then there's a matter of addressing the language that's in that lease contract. And we do that a number of ways, but I would say, Matt, and you, and I, I assume you would agree that there's a lot of education involved on the front end if they're not familiar with this business model. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And not even, not even if, having any background on the property management level or even ownership level. Ownership level, even sometimes you're not necessarily always reading the the contract. And typically they're the standard TAA contracts, but very rare, you know, the owners are up to date on on some of those. But uh, absolutely, you know, you, you said, hey, well, we have an addendum, center this, and, you know, gave me some language to talk to, but, um, you know, that's really – you know, it was a really unique situation because I didn't even know. And that was that language in there. So, you you know, it's a pretty amazing the information that you, that you provide and know. And, of course, because of the time, energy and, you know, energy that you learned to get it. Yep, absolutely. So so the language is important in the in the lease contract. And so typically, you know, we have some some methods that we use to overcome that and. And so, you know, what we were able to do in this instance with this property is we were met with some challenges when we wanted to change some of the language. So that involved, you know, that involved uh, you, Matt, having to basically go back and, you know, just educate the property manager on, you know, the change that we, we, we basically we had to address their immediate concerns. And so I think one of their concerns, if I remember correctly, was with vetting the guests. Yeah. Right. Yep. And they wanted to and, and so this may be for, for, for property managers out there or for property owners out there, you know, that that's a that is a definitely a, a perfectly normal concern. You want to make sure that the people occupying the space with your tenant base, you know, with, with your true tenants are are vetted and are, 
you know, there, there's no, no criminals there. You know, there's no, no one with, with uh, criminal background. Yeah, criminal background charges against you know children, just a, a litany of things. You know, you want to make sure that 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 they're safe for your community, basically. And so that was that was the the primary concern, I think. And and we were able to address that and 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 provide the a level of comfort there with with how we go about our process of vetting our guests and the type of guests that we cater to. And so we we overcame that challenge. Um, and ultimately, long story short. You know, we were able to develop a partnership with this property management company that I think is going to continue to expand and grow um, at other locations. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Fantastic. And, you know, again, guys, you know, the moral of this episode is for you guys just to kind of know, like going into it. And if you guys are trying to get into the multifamily space to add these owners value, you definitely want to partner up with, you know, well, um, educated, you know, successful people that are doing the business that have overcame, you know, different challenges, but also know um, a lot of the logistics and the nuances that go into, you know, the contracting, the language, how you want to um, set up your partnerships for the, for the property. Cause you know, one of the things Noble does part of his business, he makes it a win-win situation for everyone. Win-win-win for the residents, um, the the clients that are coming to the property, the owners, um, and then also, you know, his team. So just very, very important to understand all the little different nuances. And, you know, we wanted just to provide some some tactical information, some things that you can do and give you guys the courage to, you know, go out there and you know, try to bring value to some multifamily communities or different owners of you know, multiple different properties. Thanks for listening to the show. Tune in next week to learn more about using real estate for hospitality cash flow. If you received value from this episode, please leave a rating and review. This helps the show reach more listeners. We truly appreciate your support.